0: Money Sense is brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group, four-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com and listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 and Sundays at noon.
1: Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just north of I-94 between Highway 164 and Highway F in Ridgeview Corporate Park. And I just want to invite everybody to come in and see our new location. We've got 42 acres of beautiful scenery and trees and walking paths, and we'd love to invite you to come in and just stop in and say hi. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay. We're in the Equitable Bank building directly across from Winkies. Everyone knows where that is. We also are really happy that we can service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. Visit EllenBecker.com for more details and to put a voice with a face. My guest today is Addie Siegel. He is the CEO of Happy. And I absolutely love it because when I read what his business was, I was so excited because, as you know, one of the things that we talk about that's so important in our lives is listening. And one of the things that we've got on our billboard before we advise, before we do anything, we listen. And so I was fascinated and intrigued. And as I read, further, I thought, oh my goodness, this is such a a good interview for my listeners. So welcome to the show, Adi. I'm just wondering, how did you figure out this listening and happy, which for my listeners is just people, you know, the world today has just been a little bit crazy. And so when I read this, I was fascinated. So I'm anxious to hear your story.
0: Yeah, thanks so much, Karen. It's great to be here. You know, one of the things that Uh, we recognize is that human connection even before the pandemic was really important. And I was watching just before on LinkedIn, you, I guess it was around the holiday season. You basically created a, a a Christmas card, a video card (laughs) for all of your clients in the community. And it was nice to see the different segments that the teams loved. And one of them was connection. One of them was well being. One of them was health. And I said, wow, we're fully aligned. Like these are the things that matter. And so that's exactly what our team figured out with very, In some ways, good timing in in the fall of 2019, when the app was released, uh, you may have heard the world then shut down for about three years. Um, And so what really it highlighted was that people, even before the pandemic, we're suffering from the largest epidemic in the world, which, which is loneliness and isolation. And it is uh, great timing this week, quite frankly, because you may have seen that the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, is now on a big speaking tour and released a framework for how we can really reintroduce social connection to reduce loneliness and isolation in our society as a movement towards healing as a society from political strife and and miscommunication. So that's the basis for what we do. Uh, Then focusing this on on the business side of things, we recognize over time as we were training our own listeners through a certification process, that listening is probably one of the most important life skills aside from breathing. And then on top of that, the most important business skill.
1: When you think about talk, the idea of listening, can you break it down into like some ideas around families and the importance of listening and businesses and employees? Because the world has just been so frightened and people, I was talking to a friend of mine, Jack, who's a psychologist, and I asked him, what are you telling people? What, what do you see? And he said, Karen, we're a society of what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if? And the minute that you start doing the what if thing, you are basically telling yourself you can't deal with things, which is pretty depressing.
0: It is. uh, You know, we can always remain positive, but you're absolutely (laughs) right. We, I think, are by nature catastrophizers. Uh, especially after going through something like COVID, um, and it was it was our generation's big thing. Every generation has a big thing that they're going to experience, and this one for the first time ever, like even more than World War II, hit every continent and basically affected every person on this planet, all the way to the poles. Um, but when you ask about families, I think the interesting thing is that we listen least to the people we love most. In general, we often don't respond very nicely. We often kind of poo-poo anything they're saying. And we rarely want to really dive into those details of what's being said. Um, how how often do we just say okay and and walk away or yes, honey? Right? Those, those are funny words because maybe they create, they allow for peace in the house, but do they allow for true bonding? Um, so the the answer is that. We're all a work in progress, and we work with the top listeners in the world, and I say that both on academic recognition as as a field, as well as there is an International Listening Hall of Fame, and some of our advisors are Hall of Famers, known (laughs) as practitioners of listening, and they will tell you, anyone who tells you that they're a good listener is not a good listener. We are all working on becoming better listeners all the time.
1: You know, one of the experiences that I had was a kid. I was 15 years old. I was in high school. And I went and I worked in a nursing home. And I ended up in the dishes and that, but ultimately in, in occupational therapy. And my job was to listen to people, to mm-hmm. sit down and write a story. Or And what I noticed way back when— Was that the more I listened to them, the more they told me and the more comfortable they became. And ultimately, when I would walk in the room, there'd be this great big smile. And I felt I felt great. But it was I that was my job was to just listen to that because they didn't have people visiting them. And that was such a beautiful lesson for me.
0: Sounds like you and I had real foundational and similar teenage experiences. So I started as a volunteer EMT riding the local ambulance when I was in high school. Um, and what you realized then. And I still do it to this day, Karen. It's a great way to take your mind off of work is respond to 911 emergencies. <laughs> um, but, um, but one of the things that you realize from, from a very young age is that many people are calling 911 not for medical emergencies, but because they're lonely, because they want to see other people. And you often get that from senior citizens. You also see it many times with uh, Medicaid patients, uh, people who, who have less means. And they're calling essentially to talk to other people to get potentially a little bit of human touch with handholding, and maybe even you know, in the ambulance case, a free taxi ride to a free warm bed and a meal for the night, <laughs> thanks to our tax dollars. But um, that you know, when when you bring someone to the ER, they get more attention there than they're getting at home, and. They don't need to be there. So one of the business things that that we have been doing in terms of growing our business is we sell our solution, the listen active listening as a service, into insurance companies and managed care organizations and even large employers as a means to both give better health and wellness to their employees and, and members in the insurance case and reduce unnecessary health care expenses like ending up in the ER because you're lonely or more acute mental health care.
1: You know, it's so funny because I read a study. It was the longest study on happiness and the happiest people who stayed the healthiest were people who they felt had their back or someone that they could talk to <laughs> yeah. and and that was a really incredible study over 50 years there was I think eight people from the breadline and eight people from these um, Ivy League schools and it had nothing to do with money it had it had all to do with somebody everyone having those people who had someone that they could talk to that had their back remained even the strongest during medical crisis and financial crisis it was happiness
0: yeah so that's the harvard study you're talking about the longitudinal harvard study and it's still going on yes um and it is that is the main result (sighs) and every few years they republish on it uh I think maybe a couple of the original participants are still alive. Um, But what they have found over the years is that you're absolutely right. It's social connection. Uh, You know, as fraught sometimes as marriage might seem, having that spouse (laughs) is actually quite healthy for you. Um, I think the social connection and the partnership outweighs a lot of, say, the the quotidian stress of, (laughs) of, 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 of being married. Um, and so that is very true in the moment, um, long-term, as well as at work too, where I think we all experience a lot of stress, uh, especially with these decentralized remote teams. From what I can tell, many of you are in the office at your company, which is, seems really nice, like you have a, a work family, but most companies are remote today. The biggest companies are hybrid or mostly remote because people tend to like that. But what they don't realize is they're not getting first- the opportunity to leave their home, which is healthy, and to <laughs> that social connection with people who they're not related to, and even people who aren't in their necessarily closest social circles, if they have them. It's sometimes good work friends are important for a particular reason, and we're not necessarily getting that today. And beyond that, we're not able to practice our listening and communicating skills that you would say at the, the classic water cooler or lunchtime with your colleagues.
1: The name of my show is Money Sets. And so I always like to relate whatever I'm talking about with my guests to money. And of course, working with employees and happy employees in a business, happy families, there is a huge risk when you don't have that to your financial bottom line of your company when you don't have happy employees. And I think as great as my business is and the great things that we do, Without having our employees feeling as though they are valued, feeling as though that they're an integral part of our business, it wouldn't work. And so there is a huge piece to this that relates to money sense for employers, particularly.
0: You hit the nail on the head, Karen. That's exactly (laughs) right. And I assume when you're talking about happy employees, you're spelling it Uh, (laughs) H-A-P-I. Of course. That's exactly right. Um, and that's what we do with teams so many times. And especially when you're looking at tech companies, they'll give the classic example of engineers and the product team not being able to relate to one another or sales and operations not being able to relate to one another or no one being able to relate to finance, right? <laughs> um, so that what we do is we come in and through our, our academy, which is a self-guided online curriculum, we train up everyone in, in the company to do that. And that does a few things. One, better company culture when we're listening to each other. That's great for recruitment and retention. It also allows you to build better customer intimacy, whether it's a prospect or an existing customer. When you listen, you they they will essentially buy more from you. And so there's some great research that shows that salespeople who listened more than they talked, and it's, I believe it's like a, a – a, a, Fifty-three to forty-seven breakdown percentage-wise to to listen to talk ratio on an initial call with a prospect had a hundred and twenty percent higher chance of closing that customer ultimately.
1: I can believe that. I I know in our own with our own clients when we sit down with them and we really get curious and ask a lot of questions the client really feels that they've been heard and they get to tell us things that they're telling freely to us because they're comfortable. And you can see the trust being built as you speak and even in subsequent meetings.
0: Yeah, that too. So that relates to a second stat from similar studies, which is I think there's like a 25% chance of getting a second meeting if you don't use a pitch deck in the first meeting. And that's exactly (laughs) right. And the the reason is because people don't want to be sold customers want to be heard yes
1: we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back let's look at some other examples so people can identify with who you're talking about like they're sitting back and go ah he's talking about me and with that we'll be right back Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. We have a really interesting and great show today. Adi Siegel, who is the CEO of Happy H-A-P-I. And they talk a lot about ending loneliness and I think isolation. And one of the ways that I can sometimes determine individuals that I see are lowly or unhappy. Of course, it's just by their body language, but very often they walk as if they have nowhere to go.
0: I think that's a, a great point, Karen, which is this aimlessness, uh, this this inability necessarily to even communicate that you're lonely. You know, they, we try to do research and studies on, on our customers and the members using our platforms. And when we work with researchers, some right around the corner from you, at, uh, or, or, or we should say down the <laughs> block at the University of Chicago, I know it's not right there, but uh, in um, this general neighborhood, and at least as we're looking at it from New York, <laughs> um, they, they are really interested in trying to figure out who is lonely, even in a survey. And the problem is that people don't identify with that word. So you need all sorts of proxies. Are you not going out and seeing other friends? Are you not going to social gatherings? Are are you not part of a particular community where you feel belonging? Or quite frankly, Do you not feel excited to get up every morning? Now we're getting into more severe mental health, but the idea of not feeling like there's anybody to connect with on a given day is is a sense of loneliness. And so in the office, how do you identify those people? Well, let me ask you, Karen, when you look around and you're lucky because you still have a mostly in-person office, what are you looking for as the person who's leading the company?
1: I think that you walk, you lead by example for one thing. And I'm just really very blessed to be happy. (laughs) And I'm grateful. I guess, you know, one of the things that we talk about in our office quite a bit is how grateful we are. And I think gratitude is a really good jump starter to being happy. But the other thing that we've done, and for me, is that we are very connected to our employees and we do a lot of things together. So it really feels more like a family. And we talk a lot about supporting each other and being teams and what that might look like. And we have found that the whole concept of gratitude and um, always acknowledging each other has really helped. But as a business owner, sometimes it's hard to identify, when somebody is lonely. And I know for myself, sometimes I'm just so busy and I'm running so quickly that I I could actually identify that there are times where I'm probably not a very good listener
0: myself. And that's the key is that we as business leaders, the listeners out there, <laughs> you and I on this call, we need to talk less and listen more. I don't know if you saw the show Hamilton, but that mm-hmm. was the great advice that the show opens with. You know talk less less smile more and it's it's true it's an age old tale you have you have two ears and one mouth you should listen twice as much as you talk and the reason is is you can gain so much more from listening you can you can learn what's going on in your company we do have another barrier that we can't necessarily solve which is the fact that we are the CEO and you're never going to have that same heart to heart with an employee that two employees might have with each other. Or for example, on our app, a service that we offer through our listening platform is our listeners will listen for you and we'll report back data, all anonymized and aggregated, but we can tell you what's going on in the company more than quite frankly, an HR survey can. Um, And so we can start to spot those pain points in the company, you know, 25% of people don't really like remote work. Um, The entire, there's an entire team that's really upset with their manager. There's all sorts of examples that we can give you by aggregating data through multiple conversations. But I do want to go back to the point of how do you as a listener, as a leading listener or a listening leader identify these these, tall tale signs of loneliness, of losing productivity, um, and I think that is, are people showing up on time? Are they engaged in meetings? Are they coming up with new and exciting ideas? Are, are are they participating in the after work events? If people are removing themselves, maybe it's time to check in with them and say, hey, what's going on? And it could be personal. It It could be work. It could be that they are really suffering from something on on a wellness and and emotional health level as well. And we need to be there for them. But unless we take the time to look for that and listen, we're never going to see it.
1: Many, many years ago, we did a group activity and we gave everybody that I've talked about on the show before, we gave everybody a paper plate and on one side, we handed it to our neighbor. We had to write on there all the things that we knew about that person that they had to do. And then when we were done a little bit later, we gave it back to that person on the inside. They wrote down all the things that they had on their plate. It was amazing. It was like four times as much as we knew about them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and how long ago is this, Karen? Oh, probably 10 years ago or more. So that was probably before everything was in the cloud, right? Yes. You see yes. a lot more clicks now and you see you're sharing documents sometimes especially when everything was on paper, you had no idea what everyone else was doing, right? Yes. Um, now, I would argue the other thing too is there are just too many files to keep track of. I don't know if you use a communication tool like Slack or Teams in your in your office, but there's almost too much noise sometimes. It's like, I can't keep up with the, the company chatter, right? Um, but it is really fascinating. We actually just, we saw this in our in our own team recently. We had two leaders of the company who were working quite separately by design. But we saw, I saw that, hey, one person could really empower the other person to do their job better. And they sat down and this just happened last week and they just hit it off. It's like they they were in completely different lanes before by design and that needed to happen for the last year or so but we brought them together and it's like, it's, it's a dynamic duo now. And there was, (laughs) there was zero appreciation for the other person. I knew everyone, everything that everyone was doing before, but the two of them were like on separate planets. And it, we brought everyone back to mission control and it's been a really nice feeling for everyone to feel acknowledged for all the hard work that they're doing.
1: I'm curious about these calls that you make. Um, to employees or how does that work? Because that really does sound fascinating where an employee has this opportunity to, I don't want to say vent, but has the opportunity to share what is maybe difficult for them to share with somebody else. And it's almost giving them permission. And then I would say interviewing the manager or the owner of the company Because I I think that very often I'll talk to people who have companies and they don't share what they're feeling
0: either. I have two separate stories to share with you. (laughs) Um, The first is let's let's talk about the app, the Happy app. Um, And when we offer it to companies, it, it is available direct to consumer. Anyone can find it in the app store. But when we offer it on the corporate level, essentially your employer is paying for it. It is clearly acknowledged that all of these conversations are both anonymous and recorded. They're all audio only, so there's no video involved. It's really like the old-fashioned phone call, which really allows people to come out and flourish a little bit because you're not, you're not focusing on faces. You're not focusing on facial expressions at all. In those conversations, uh, I, I know you were hesitant to say vent, but actually venting is, is healthy in some capacity, in our sense. I know a lot of therapists, because we do have clinical advisors, they will argue that venting, certainly in a therapeutic pathway, is not that healthy. You're not actually accomplishing anything. But because it's not great for therapy, it's perfect for what we're doing in our non-clinical <laughs> setting because you do need a place to just kind of scream and let it out sometimes. And our listeners are there for you 24/7 365, a lot more than your therapist. So what happens in these conversations is anything that the caller wants to talk about is on the table. Our listeners listen. They might guide the conversation, but they're not really a participant in terms of their sharing. Unlike a clinical setting though, they can self-disclose. They're never gonna share their own identity. They're never gonna share personal identifiable information. But let's say someone's talking about divorce, for example. The listener can say, hey, I've I've been through that before. You certainly don't wanna tell someone that you know how they feel because we never know how someone else feels. But you can say, I've been in that situation before. And so through all of that sharing, you get a lot of really precious nuggets from someone's life and things that in an anonymized way and certainly aggregated with a team can tell the leadership what's going on, both on the personal side and on the work side of someone's life or the team's life.
1: So what are some of the tips that you can give parents out there or a business owner that they can become A more active listener
0: i know we've been using the word active listening i will also say that (laughs) that that is a debated term we we almost use it in our branding but if you work with many of the academics they all have different phrases for it some Mm -hmm. people argue with the term active listening some people say well it was originally used in in the literature this way but we're not using it that way anymore so we should stop using it um some people call it deep listening really when we teach about it in our academy. We call it listening to understand, and that comes from our academic advisor, one of the the leading professors in the space, uh, Dr. Avi Kluger out of the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. And listening to understand means that you're not in the conversation to respond with your own thoughts. You're really trying to figure out what that other person is saying the whole time. It means that you're pausing. It means that sometimes there might be awkward silences, but from all of those things that we don't do in normal daily conversation and banter you're gaining a lot more you'll feel better and certainly the person who's talking will feel a lot better this is really hard you mentioned parents in a family setting if you imagine households and there are so many ways that parents want to parent that they don't often give their children enough space to just talk and express themselves and so while parents aren't necessarily our, our target market and certainly not necessarily on, on this show today, uh, parents can take our academy and certification. I think it would be great. I also think that it would be great. I say that every clergy before they perform a wedding has <laughs> should have the couple go through <laughs> our training.
1: That sounds interesting. Um, does empathy play a part in that?
0: A, a major part, Yeah. Empathy is is a major part of of listening to someone else so that they feel understood and heard. You You have to be able to reflect back to someone. You have to be able to say I, under, I what I heard from this is that you can even say that might be difficult. That must be difficult. Again, there's a there's a fine line be, between being empathetic and telling someone you know how they feel. And we don't want to cross that line. Because that's conflating the truth, number one. And number two, maybe even giving that other person a false sense of security because you're not really related in the conversation that closely. You're not going through their situation. and You don't want to make them feel like – you don't want to diminish their feelings by saying, I know how you feel if you feel like you're going through something that no one else is going through. But you can say, I've been there. that, That will help them feel that they're not alone as well.
1: My guest today is Adi Siegel, and he is the CEO of Happy, and it is a company that really listens, and it kind of makes me smile because I think of that company that was out there for hugging, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, that was an interesting thing, too, but listening is such an important part of everything that we do, and we all want to feel heard, and so with that, we'll take a break. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group and I'm just so delighted to say that we're approaching our 35th year of doing this radio show and I've never sold a product on the air. It's always been about education and helping people to really recognize, you know, what how can they see themselves and other people so that they are inspired to change or to look at something different? How can they make really good quality decisions about their life, their family's life, their business life? And so today I have a wonderful guest, Adi Siegel, and he's the CEO of Happy and really kind of helping people to identify if they're lonely, but then, so you've identified it. Now what do you do about it? And he's been talking about active listening, but I guess I would say what is a listener and how do people really take advantage of what you have to offer. What does it look like if you could paint us a picture?
0: Sure. And we didn't really have certified listening before Happy existed. There weren't really any courses. There's certainly no certification. Uh, And there's a few places where professors are, are teaching this and certainly studying it, but there was no place to go. So we realized if we wanted to increase the quality of the experience on our platform, For all of our customers, we had to create our own curriculum and our own certification. So what is a listener on the HAPPY platform? It is someone who has gone through our certification process, which is an academy. It's a self-guided online course that anybody can take. And you're trained in the academics of listening. You're trained in, so that means the art and the science, and you're trained in a real briefing on emotional intelligence. And then you have to practice it. They have to really do the listening themselves. They have. We also make them go onto the platform and work with even more experienced listeners as talkers. So they have to experience the other side of it. And then they are, they will work on the platform. So a listener to us is someone who's been trained in the art and science as well as a multi- emotional intelligence, uh, and they are simply there for the talker. I should also point out that they are non-clinical. They are not therapists. They are not coaches. They are not there to push any kind of agenda or therapeutic pathway. It is all about the person who's calling in. So I'll paint the picture now. Karen, because you you asked about what does this look like. So on the app, you come in and you have a few different options. You can immediately place a call, and that would be a general dispatch based on a subject to all of the available listeners who are online right now. Imagine it kind of like Uber. The listeners go on and offline. They just by uh, clicking a, a switch on on their side of the app, and then they're available. And so we match you with a listener and they are there to begin a conversation with you. If you have a listener that you like, you can go find them and see if they're online or schedule for a future time with them because their schedules are made available. Any other person who still doesn't have a listener that they are fully engaged with yet can, I'm sorry, any talker can come and look through our list and every listener has a bio and you can say, Oh, that's, that's someone really interesting. I want to talk to and begin a conversation that way. We also have texting as part of the platform. So anyone can come in and start a text-based conversation with one of these listeners and see if that's the right fit as well. And again, these conversations are always anonymous. And when we're talking about actually talking as opposed to texting, it's also audio only. There's no video involved.
1: So how does someone uh, pay for this? Is this on an individual, are there packages? with this particular program, which is really more for individuals, not for businesses, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, it would be. It's basically the same model. Uh, when you come in as you know, direct to consumer through the app store, you can buy in hour segments. You can use as little as two minutes if you want, uh, and then you just you basically pay per minute. But it is sold in hours. Um, what's interesting about this from a business perspective, Karen, is that we've tried with all different types of packages and memberships and whatnot. And the truth is, similar to something like Uber or Lyft. You use it a lot and you love it, but like it doesn't make sense to be a member or have a subscription because you're not sure when you're going to hail a ride. Right. But you do use it a lot and that's, what's worked out for them. Yes. Technically these platforms actually do have memberships, but basically no one belongs to them because that's not, (laughs) that's, that's not, that's not our user behavior there on the business side. It's the same thing, except your account would be connected to some corporate login, essentially. Again, anonymized, but we would know that you're connected and it would already be paid for. Your employer can choose everyone gets X amount of hours per month, or the company has a bucket of time that they've paid for, and that's just used. Uh, and so basically, when you come into the app logged in with the email address that you've chosen to connect through your company, you wouldn't see a wallet. You would just be able to go ahead and use the app.
1: I see this as a real advantage for caregivers, particularly. We have a lot of clients who are caring for parents, parents that are caring for some children, and they just don't always have a, a place to go and just talk about it, just just to air it out, not even complaining, just someone that they can talk about that particular issue. I see that as a, a a really great opportunity because so often there isn't anyone that has the time. It's the middle of the day, their kids are working, you know, they don't have the people to talk to.
0: You're absolutely right and and it's different than therapy. Some of those people might also be in therapy, but like you said, <clears throat> when you have that time off, that's exactly when you want to talk to someone it's not waiting for your next appointment. And so that you are absolutely right, Karen. That is the beauty of our offering is that our listeners are always there for you whenever and wherever you need to talk.
1: You know, I think of it as a great Mother's Day gift.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, Or a great gift to give to a parent. And I say that because through my career, I have had several clients who got really involved in um, Q is a QVC on, on
0: the one where you order stuff on TV, TV? where you order.
1: Yeah. And I have had several times where clients have had a garage full of stuff that they ordered because they really call to talk to somebody Yeah. yeah. and they feel like they've made a friend with this person online and, or they get people that are constantly call them to give money from a charity or a particular organization And they really just love to talk to someone. And this is an opportunity for somebody to have a person to call that doesn't have a hidden agenda.
0: You're so right. And and what's fascinating about that is I've heard this example multiple times. There's a lot of research on it. In fact, if you talk to the, you know, the Butterball Thanksgiving line, I think at least half their calls are people, especially you see uh, widowers. So men who are maybe cooking Thanksgiving for the first time on their own because their wife has passed away. One, they don't know what to do, but also they just want to talk to someone. And so these operators end up on, on the phone for, for hours, essentially doing counseling for them, when really they're supposed to be answering questions about how to cook a turkey. Uh, And it's the same (laughs) example. There's a lot of research, by the way, around 900 numbers and how people were calling, not for the services, if you will, but for human connection. And so it's very clear that this is needed in many different places. Um, Parents are a great way to, uh, you know, they need an outlet, as well as giving it, you know, to your senior parents who might also need to talk. I mean, how many times have you probably heard from a client? Like, I just can't take another call about the bridge game that my mom was playing. Right. (laughs) And you want to be there for your senior parents, but at the same time you have a life to live and it's not, it's not a not loving thing. It's just that um, when you end up being social, socially isolated, or unfortunately many of your friends start passing away, you want to still connect. And that's something that we can do very easily through our service.
1: My guest today is Adi Siegel. He is CEO of Happy. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about some more Happy. But that will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense, I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. This is such a happy conversation and such a great opportunity to even share with you something that we've been doing at Ellenbecker Investment Group. If you are enjoying this interview and would like to share it with someone to let them know that this exists, we're gonna give you some numbers and some information how to connect up with um, Happy. Um, and the owner and CEO is Addie Siegel and he's been talking about it. If you would like to do that, you can just go into um, ellenbecker.com, go down to Money Sense, and you can share this interview. One of the things that I was sharing with Adi during the break was that here at Ellen Becker Investment Group, I don't know, about a year ago, we hired a therapist who comes into Ellen Becker Investment Group three times a week, I think about five hours each time, And what she does is she has an open door policy and people can make an appointment to meet with her for, I believe it's 45 or 50 minutes, or she has these coffee hours where you could just stop in. I think she calls it coffee or tea. And if you got any issue that's on your plate, it could be as simple as you had a really bad morning, getting everybody off to school, had a disagreement, something happened. You could just go in there and talk to her for a little while. And we've noticed a huge difference in our own company because people aren't carrying those feelings with them through the day. And it's just been when Julie and I decided to do this, I thought nobody's going to go in there. I mean, this is personal. They're not gonna go and do this. Oh my gosh, we could have her full-time. In fact, we're going to have her full-time. It's made that much of a difference giving people um, opportunities to talk. A lot of them go in there because she is a trained um, on health and wellness. And so they'll go and talk to her about their own health and wellness, stress, a whole variety of things that are important to them. But it's a free platform that they they can discuss whatever they want. And it's been amazing.
0: I think that is the most incredible example, Karen. And, and uh, you know, kudos to you for really setting this up for your company. What we were discussing was your company is kind of in the sweet spot that can do this. You're kind of you're all local. You're clearly doing well as a business. Uh, and you, with one person, really, you can. You can pay, say, one salary and serve your entire work base. Um, those are a bunch of things that lined up really nicely. Most companies are probably either too small or too big to have this as a scalable solution. And so as we were discussing, this is where something like Happy comes in, because even though the person that you've hired, and, and she sounds tremendous, is a licensed therapist, she's not really doing therapy or a full clinical pathway with your team members. And so that really is just another example of excellent listening. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we offer too. And so that is the full application. When people are trying to figure out how to relate this to their own lives or their own businesses, the executive listening to today's show, it's really about where can I bring more listening and build a listening culture to increase the, the, the work environment and the productivity, and quite frankly, the revenue for my company. I'd love to hear from you, Karen, in fact, in the last year or so, since you've had this therapist, what are the like the three biggest changes that you've seen in your company?
1: Oh boy, I, well, one of them is the interaction between each other and how there's more freedom to be vulnerable mm. and to express who they are and to ask for what they want. I think the other the other thing is that people are just smiling all the time and they're they're really happy. And the other thing would be is that I believe that our employees have learned that there's that there is nothing wrong with asking for help. And not only in that avenue, but asking each other if they need something. And I know that Jill encouraged that encourages that communication. And Mm -hmm. so out of the act of listening, that we talk about, I believe comes communication. And people don't have the fear of being who they are.
0: I think that's incredible. And and just to be clear, when we're going back and saying people are walking (laughs) around smiling more, it's not like you gave everyone 100% uh, salary increase or raises all around, right? You've given them an extra service that is exponentially improving their experience at the office. And that's something that we're seeing every day, to take it to the the, the deep end, so to speak. We have customers who have gotten out of abusive relationships by being in listening sessions with us. People have pivoted their their careers to say, oh my gosh, through all of these conversations, I realized I really want to do X, Y, and Z. And they've completely switched. People have moved across the country because that was a healthy decision. And there are people who say that, in fact, with our listening sessions, it is more validating than their therapy. And they've started to swap time. They are spending more happy time and less therapist time. And we are, again, not here to replace therapy. We believe that we actually go hand in hand with it. But most people just want to be heard. And it's not just in your companies; It's in the country and it's in the world. We can really start to heal society if we just listen to each other a little bit more.
1: I think the other thing um, that really is significant is our employees appreciate the fact that we care enough about them to pay for that type of a service, to put that in place, to help them to have to be the best who they can be and to feel the best they can. So it's a real compliment and an acknowledgement that they mean more to us than just coming in and working and doing a job, that we truly do feel that they and their health and their wellness is important to us.
0: That's a great point too which is the signaling. I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as calling it necessarily virtue signaling, but maybe it is, but it, it's really it's it's really uh, a values signaling that every single one of you is important to us. And quite frankly, y- you'd have to spend a lot more money giving everyone the same raise that you're paying for the hourly of having that therapist on site. Right. And what's really interesting is, let's say you gave everyone a hundred dollar raise. That money is going to mean less than them than that time that they get with the therapist every week.
1: So we only have about a minute left. Give us an idea as to how my listeners can get in touch with you if they want to get the app. What what what's the next step?
0: So the app is available in both the Android and iOS app stores on your phone. The Academy is available at happy.com. Also, all of the information about our company and our offerings is available at HAPI.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm Adi, A-D-I, at happy.com. And yes, I still answer my own emails. So uh, (laughs) I would be delighted to speak with anyone and talk about how we can improve your company culture and uh, drive revenue for each and every one of your companies.
1: And what, what do you love most about this job that you have, that this entrepreneur um, company that you've started? What do you love about it?
0: I, I just love that we're taking something so simple. The, the simplest possible thing in life is listening, and we are changing lives with it every day around the clock.
1: That is fantastic. My guest today is Adi Siegel. He is the CEO of Happy, and that's happy.com. If you'd like to know more about the company. And I truly appreciate that you took the time today to share with my listeners because it's it's novel and it's so impactful. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a really great weekend. Bye-bye.